This episode of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderers Guild of America. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. Today we'll be talking about animal fibers, expanding craft supplies, and making more face masks. Forever. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I have some cut out. They're sitting by my sewing machine. <laughs> yeah, I need to make them. <laughs> I tried. I tried the. Uh, uh, talk about it later yeah. well <laughs> um a couple days ago my husband and i had occasion to wear our face masks as we often do in 2020 <laughs> but um it was especially important because we headed to the um chicago botanic gardens on monday morning you get like a free or a pre-scheduled appointment and you like have to show your like printed out ticket against your closed car window to some poor man in a tent <laughs> <laughs> to be led on to like but the that's property. Cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. And um I will say I was really I mean we were there first thing on a Monday morning intentionally because there's only so many like anxiety attacks I can have returning to my home from just trying to conduct normal life business. This is all relatable, I'm sure, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yes. So that's why <laughs> I we think decided we're all doing that. That's why we decided screw it. Let's just try getting up early on a Monday and going on a date. We ate granola yeah. bars and coffee I for breakfast. That's really sweet. And it was cheap, too. Um, <laughs> and the photos of you were adorable. Oh, thank you. I'll have to put some in the uh, show notes for this. Anyway, it was great. Getting in nature was wonderful. And the best part about this, and this is where I feel like I've discovered a life hack, and I'm going to remember this when I'm feeling anxious about leaving the house. Schedule it at off times and also like look up on Yelp even at this point, like the places that are really doing social distancing correctly. I know it's kind of like not everybody's like reviewing that aspect but i will review the botanic garden right now in chicago and say they're doing an awesome job they even had the paths that were like two feet wide be one way so that you couldn't cross traffic with somebody because apparently six feet becomes not actually six feet when crossing someone on the sidewalk uh during the pandemic i've noticed so i really appreciated that they like actually really went to that level Oh, they really thought it through. Yeah. And then also, oh, great. also getting to go to a place like that when there's like almost no kids running around and screaming. And then right. also like not a lot of people. You can see, you can take pictures, you can linger. You can literally yeah. just say, excuse me, if you want to like cross paths with somebody and just switch positions. It was so nice. It was such a relief to see it done correctly. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. I feel like if anybody's going to do that correctly, people who are used to planning gardens. Mm-hmm. Like, are much like, say, cross-stitchers, really used to working within grids. Right. <laughs> Archaeologists would be good at it, too. Like, there, there are many groups that I would trust to sort that out. Um, <laughs> many groups that I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will, I will yeah. say, the only, the only downside was that the ducks that I think are used to be being fed, like, fat loaves of bread all day... <laughs> They, I think they're on a little bit of a slim summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's actually a problem in New York. The The pigeons are starving. Oh, no. Um, like, it's a real issue. People yeah. are going out to feed the pigeons because, I mean, yeah, they, they 
They've adapted Much to like life. seagulls, <laughs> descend yeah. upon the city and eat the random things that exist. And so, like, weird things that you don't think about. See, also rats, apparently, uh, are having an issue. I live around several restaurants, even just in Chicago, and uh, those rats have shifted into the neighborhoods. I tell you what. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yep. I don't think we've had more than usual, but I also don't go to the basement very often. And at this point, though, they've all gone back to the restaurants because the restaurants are all... We don't need to go down that conversation. Yeah, all <laughs> la, la, la. Go to the garden out in the air, not in a closed building. Stay away from everyone. <laughs> Ta la 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 la. Um, well, in, in loosely related, like, the whole just stay home idea... <laughs> Um, I was, uh, I was invited to participate in this thing called Sew a Softy, and mm-hmm. I've done it several times before. It's basically a, a thing for encouraging kids to learn how to sew, and... You and also wrote a book on it. That's I do. <laughs> I did. But so this has gone on for, for several years now, and it's all just really simple tutorials that you can hand sew or maybe, you know, do a little bit of basic machine sewing for kids. But I decided that if I was going to do this, I should do something that felt very relevant, at least to me. And so I'm making a little stuffed house. And uh, so by the time that this episode releases, it will be up on my blog. So I'll put a post to that. But um, if you, you can have... add bunting to it. <laughs> and then I it could. would be the Brooklyn Bunting Emporium. Um, but uh, yeah, if you have kids that you would like to learn how to sew, definitely check out sewasofty.com or at sewasofty on Instagram. And I'll put links to it in the show notes. But yeah, that's what I have been working on. It's cute. Lots of fun stuff. Yay. Yeah. My roommate and I in college made softies one like long blizzard weekend and I have them to this day and they are like one of my favorite things. Yeah. I still have ones that I made like years and years and years ago and yeah. That's so sweet. They're fun. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That's what I'm working on. I had one that looked like me for a while. Oh, fun. <laughs> um, I was reviewing, oh gosh, a book. Um steampunk softies maybe? Mm. Oh, it was fun. years and years ago yeah so i made one that looked like me but it did not survive <clears throat> the yeah. moth thing uh yeah that has i i've lost a few to two little holes years ago not <laughs> yeah. now not now no oh dear never <laughs> now Mm-mm. um so you know how everyone in the crafting community is always trying to make cat toys for their cats and then they photograph their cats with them and their cats look like yeah. <laughs> yeah that was i think didn't you and i talk about that in the very first episode of this podcast was me making a cat toy yeah oh my gosh that's true and i also think we talked about me making a cat toy in my most embarrassing old content. Um, <laughs> but I, I have finally made a cat toy that has really made Mr. Big Stuff happy. And 
He never doesn't want to play with it. He will fly through the air like a wild beast. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, know what it is? <laughs> we want to know because uh, I want to make one. <laughs> so, you take a shoestring. Mm-hmm. You fold it in half. And you tie the ends together. Whoa, you just broke the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It is the only DIY cat toy that any cat I have ever had has been into. And I don't even know why I made it. I just (laughs) saw a shoestring and was like, hmm, I wonder. The answer is yes. (laughs) I love it. A knot in a shoestring. Turns out that is the best cat toy. I'm going to try that when we're done recording. Do report back. I will. (laughs) You know I will. Indeed. I like that. (laughs) Yep. So, uh, well, that's my excitement for the week. (laughs) Well, I mean, getting a cat to jump around and play anyway is, there's something very relaxing about that. When it's something you finally made that they like, then even better. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And getting Mr. Big Stuff to jump around Uh is also um, exciting. Yeah. When that happens. (laughs) All right. Well, before we jump into talking, we wanted to give a quick shout out to all our serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are now supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. And many thanks to Abigail. You're the best. Yeah. Well, today in um, things that are cool that just exist, news, I guess is what I would call it. Because um, <laughs> I don't, it's not, this is this topic that I'm discussing is not about me doing a craft, not about anything like that. But there is this place in the world that I really want our listeners to know exists. And it is called UAF. L-A-R-S, the University <laughs> the University of Alaska Fairbanks Large Animal Research Station. Um, it is a delightful place that exists in Fairbanks, thereabouts. And um, they raise musk oxen and reindeer primarily, and some other bovines occasionally, but it's mostly musk oxen and reindeer. And um, importantly, though, They have a strong, adorable baby reindeer and baby musk ox filled Instagram that everyone must check out because it's basically like if you're feeling bad, look at a baby musk ox. It's a tiny little furry little dog cow and it hops around. (laughs) Oh my goodness, you're right. It does look like a dog cow. Yeah. Like a big old guinea pig cow, cuddly. Yeah, it well, now you know you're Sarah and a cow right. yeah. had offspring, and then it was a puppy. Yeah, it's so cute. Um, very cute. I had no idea. Thank you. Yes. So pretty much just everyone needs to know it exists. But here's the craft piece, other than that these are animals that produce fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I bet you've never used muskox fiber. <laughs> Unless well, you're I fancy. Mean, this- the word musk makes <laughs> me a little concerned about yes. using musk 
ox fiber. So I got so excited about the like baby dog cows that I <laughs> I don't think I buried the lead, but I should take a step back and explain <laughs> a little bit more about UAF Lars. Um, so like I said, they mostly have musk oxen and reindeer, um, but I found out they existed because one year for I think Christmas, my husband wanted to get me yarn that I'd never tried before. And he had heard that Kiviut yarn, AKA fiber from a musk ox, um, huh. was a thing that I'd never tried, but it was kind of rare and kind of expensive. And so he found out that this UAF Lars place gathered their stray Kiviut and would spin it into yarn apparently. And so you can buy yarn made from the beautiful baby cows baby oh cow musk ox dogs. <laughs> well, that's pretty fantastic. And I feel great about that. If you've never a touched it, just moved to Alaska. Cool. Maybe I and I think that area. So, and I mean Alaska's huge, so it wouldn't be helpful <laughs> if not. But I think that area, so I um I'm going to need to ask her about that. I want to go to Alaska so bad. I feel like every, it would be everything I've loved about visiting some other states like Colorado and Washington, but like a million times more amazing because it's oh, Alaska. My friend's Instagram blows my mind every day and she just moved there, I think, a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And wow. <laughs> Um, oh, that's yeah. so cool. I, this excites me. Yeah, this they have cool. there's amazing, amazing photos. Um, and I have in front of me right now their 2020 wall calendar that they sent out <gasps> as well. It's so cute. Wait, can you adopt a, a muskox? I don't know off the top of my head. Sorry, guys, I didn't do much research other than loving I'm, looking at this Instagram. Haha. <laughs> I literally did not expect you to have an answer for that. You're just going to have to go to the website and see the baby deer cows oh, oh for yourself. Oh my goodness. I don't understand. They're so cute. Why They're... baby musk ox? I, they, I want to pet their nose. Yeah, yeah. That picture of them in the swimming pool, the baby pool. Uh, oh. Gosh. On Instagram, yes. they even do things like get seasonal vegetables and they have videos of them like playing with pumpkins on Halloween. It's oh too pure. Oh my goodness. They're like galloping oh, in the snow with their little good. Butts. That can replace <laughs> my big cat sanctuary pumpkin playing. Okay. Because we all know how Tiger King went down. Yeah. And um, turns out the big cat rescue that did the pumpkin event every year that I really liked was one of Bad. the characters in. Well, oh wow! Well, it was Carol Baskin. Oh no! (laughs) But I have, I have happy news for you. The other large animal rescue that I'm obsessed with following, which I can just now link in the show notes as well, if this makes the episode, um, is just called the Wild Animal Sanctuary. They Uh said, like when Tiger King went viral, they were like, "We will not comment on the tigers that we took in from this situation ever. We will not show you pictures either. Like they're that level of rescue. They're out in Colorado." When you go there, you walk on, like, an elevated path that's, like, dozens of feet in the air, so you won't be in any way part of their environment. Oh, didn't you take pictures? Didn't you go and take pictures? I'm, if I went somewhere, I probably took pictures. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, right, but I, 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 I yeah, like yeah. I've seen yeah. the view. Yeah, it but, was, um, that's the other place uh, that I'm obsessed with. No, that's great. And, I mean, as someone who has eaten a vegan diet for... 20 years um 
animal sanctuaries are pretty notorious for big drama. Mm-hmm. And so, like, knowing that they're just, like, not going to comment and, mm-hmm. like, that they were good enough to do it, but they aren't doing it for publicity. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes me feel really good. Also, this place, um, they, when we saw them, when we saw it in person, this would have been fall 2018, 18, 18, um, they had just been given a herd of alpacas that someone didn't want to care for anymore. They were like hobby farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, well, we have these alpacas. Can you just feed them to the lions or whatever you got? You can have them for free. And what they did was develop a, like, larger alpaca-appropriate preserve, and now they also have a herd of alpacas. They also have a camel. There's so many things. Sorry, I could, I will ramble about what they have forever. <laughs> I love that they ha- ha- were like, eh, nah, we'll just, we'll just have a herd of alpacas. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'll link to both these places. I, um, because I am the height that I am, meeting an alpaca it basically involves them, like, sniffing the top of my head and, like, all of the top of my head hair going <laughs> up into <laughs> an alpaca nose. Um, That's up and close and personal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, uh, my father-in-law took me to an alpaca farm in Vermont because Vermont. Um, <laughs> like you do. Yep. And... So I could meet the person who spun the fiber. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was very cool. But man, that alpaca was <laughs> taking some deep breaths. <laughs> 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 it's like, You're a giant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm tiny. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my I goodness. Think- I love that. I'm sorry that my large animals have taken us on quite a journey. <laughs> I'm not sorry I'm at all. I'm not sorry. Okay. <laughs> I am in full support of that. About it. Um, yeah. So not in the category of large animals. <laughs> oh, this, come on. This is a smaller animal that I will bring up sort of as a re- really weird segue. But um, my, my grandpa used to raise chickens. So... Um, I am not a fan not of them. Not fiber animals. Not fiber animals. And I'm not a fan of chickens in, unless they're baby chicks. That's okay. I really am not a fan of roosters. However, however. No, they're pretty excitable. They are. But I am excitable about some books that are published by, they were published by, I should say, a Japanese craft book publisher called Andori. Or sometimes mm-hmm. Andori Shah. And in Japanese, that means rooster. Cute. That was a really lucky transition. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Woo. Uh, and the dad joke. Like, all of it just came that was together. Moi. So, chef's kiss. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Andori, I stumbled upon these books, I think, on Amazon at some point. I can't remember, but... They existed as a publisher between 1945 and 2009 when they just couldn't quite hang on as things changed in the publishing world. But they, in one sense, I almost feel like they could be like the Japanese version of Dover books in their feeling of mm. some of their some of their 
um, publications. And I've loved Japanese craft books for a really long time. And I would go to... Yeah, me too. Um, Kinokaniya, which is a Japanese bookstore that has a few locations in the U.S. And for the most part... One in New York! Yeah, that was the... It used to be right by my publishing house. Yeah, and then there's there's one in the Chicago area um, at Mit, uh, Mitsua, which is a Japanese market. And they're usually in Japanese. And the thing, though, about Japanese craft books is that they're so... They show things so well that for a lot of what you make, you can actually figure it out. If you are experienced in crafting at all, you can figure out a lot of things, even in Japanese. Mm -hmm. And so I've always loved that. But these books are in English, which makes them, they it, that feels so unique. I'm sure that they publish, they published books in Japanese as well. That I have a lot of Japanese dress books. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, the proportions are correct for me. That that makes sense. And mm -hmm. they, I mean, the style is fantastic. And that's really the thing that always draws me into the books. Yeah, is me too. The style of the items that you're making, but also just the way that it's presented in the books, I love. And it inspired how I organized my book, um, Stitch Love. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just love them. But these books, um, I, I realized, I thought I had more of them than I do. I only have three from from them and basically what happens is one will pop up I'll see it and see who published it no I'll see it and go oh that looks interesting <laughs> oh that makes sense it was published yeah. by Andori and they're really they're really good so the first one that I got is called Embroidery Designs a collection of ideas I'm going to show you guys on the camera the it's the cover of this pretty. the colors are, are beautiful lovely yeah. lovely colors they have <laughs> and they these um have a little bit of applique and different elements worked into them. They did, like, there's a window that has an actual fabric curtain that they attached <gasps> over it, which oh, is just a really fun that. element. That's and precious. Is this a, like, 2008, 2009 publication? Because I remember this one, that stage this of This one actually came out in 1987. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the colors are still It's there. I think that's, there's... A lot of them, the next one that I got was felt definitely a little bit more in that range. And now I can't remember what what the publication date on this one is. This one is a 93, and mm -hmm. it feels a little bit more that that era okay, sure. of, you know, kitchen and home kinds of things. But very, you know, they've got some, there's a really cool, like, piece of blue, blue work embroidery that has kind of a folk oh. art feeling to it. They're just always I really, really charming, and I, I will put some pictures up of these in the show notes and stuff. Then I, the most recent one that I got was published in 1976. And by the way, when I find these, I usually find them I, sometimes on Amazon. In their used, you know, it just you can search by publisher, or mm -hmm. I think I may have gotten one on eBay. And the most recent I got on uh, Etsy. And this one is a little one, and it's super oh, 70s, cute. absolutely adorable. And I just always, I, I just love, I just love these books. And they have, I think what, to me, besides just the, the cute styling, is I find that they tend to have, um, they tend to have 
uses for the stitches that you don't see all the time. So in addition to really charming patterns, you go, mm-hmm. oh, I never thought about doing that as a fill stitching for an area or incorporating different kinds of elements into it. And they are they are delightful. I've never paid more than $10 for one, even though sometimes people, because they're out of print, price them super high. Like I saw one that was like $800 recently. It's like... <laughs> Come on now, what are you talking about? Don't peel off of these books, but... um, I mean, that's cute, but... But yeah, I I don't know what... I I never understand when people do that. But regardless, they are... They're delightful. That's all I can... That's my go-to word for these books. I think it's a good... I think think it's a good word. Yeah, so... The graphic design is so cool. Yeah. Uh, So I just, every once in a while, come across one that I see and I don't even think about it that much. I go, oh, that comes out as a good price. And I just would like to add that to my collection. So I recently did and thought I should share this favorite publisher with the world. More good things that exist. Exactly. Exactly that. The the listeners need to know. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. And I I feel like you guys have both been so uplifting. And now I'm about to complain. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. Complaining is to valid too. It's a balance. <laughs> all right. So, despite the fact that I sewed a bunch of face masks for pretty much everybody I knew at the beginning of the whole um, Corona nonsense. Which made very little sense. Like, yes, please ask your your person in New York City to send you. Like, I don't have a washing machine. Like, you're going to have to sterilize that. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but it made people happy. So I did not love making masks. And I think that I have mentioned that before. So I tried to get around needing to make... Like, I have a really well-fitted N95 mask Mm -hmm. that I have been wearing because I have a raging anxiety disorder. But at some point, like, it's hot. It's not particularly comfortable. Right. And at some point, it's going to make sense in lower-risk environments to have something less intense than that. Yeah. And so I had ordered some masks from a company that I like. And yesterday I was like, hmm, I'm just going to give these a try. It was just baggy. Like, Hmm. it was huge. Um, And I realized that as a grown-up who is not grown-up sized, that in order to get a structurally well-made mask with, like, the filter inserts and all of that that will actually fit me, I'm going to have to make my own, and I'm going to have to fit them to me. And I'm really, really cranky about <laughs> that. Um, so... I, I just wanted to order some. Yeah. I just, I wanted to give someone else my money. I wanted to give somebody else my money who makes them. 
like, oh, take my money. But because I was feeling very cranky about it and also realized that if they don't fit me, my my husband is also a mini human. <laughs> um, they're not going to fit him. And so I went ahead and bought one of the AccuQuilt mask dyes because I have many AccuQuilt machines that they have sent me for review purposes throughout the years, and which I love, even though they do not seem to have um, encountered a person of color ever, if you look at their website. Oh. Um, so they should probably sort that out. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if maybe their social media is doing a little better. I'm just saying. It's a lot of white people. Okay. Um, but, so I ordered the their mask dyes based on reviews that said that the children's size mask was too big for children and was, like, the right size for teens. And since Heidi, <laughs> back in the day, brought... <laughs> teen-sized hats to my attention. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, yes, that, to that. <laughs> so, I am waiting for them to arrive. I've got the rest of my supplies coming since, you know, glasses, so you need all of the, the nose structure and stuff. But, um, when I was ordering that, I got to thinking just how quickly the making and crafting industry adapts when there's a need. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, like, and we all know that immediately people were sewing masks and that like within a week, those masks had gone from like flat accordion things to fitted. You look like Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like people independently, as it seems developed, basically the same thing which is a a totally normal thing when everybody's talking about it and you're seeing it all all over but so finding the mask dye made me go look for other supplies to make my life easier if I'm gonna have to sew these stupid masks and so now you can find pre-cut elastic with adjusters on the back. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, already put together. And so you can, you know, just stitch them in. And uh, the nose wires actually come pre-cut and with holes drilled in them. So you can stitch them in place. And so you're not, like, using twisty ties or paper clips or Pipe cleaners or whatever yeah, the hell. Yeah, the pipe cleaners are... Ugh, every single time they go through the laundry, <laughs> there's, like... It's a whole Fuzz, thing. yeah. <laughs> Ew. It's not the fuzz that part. Sounds it's itchy. Just that they... Getting them, like, keeping them in shape, and re you're re always reshaping things, and it's just... Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so I was... At, 
And you can buy filter inserts, which I already knew, but now they're readily available yeah. in a way that they weren't um, when New York was going through the height of the pandemic here. So I just took a moment to sit back and marvel at how quickly crafters move to meet needs when companies can't. Yeah. And I really appreciate that about... I think that's one of the more unappreciated aspects of traditional women's work. And that's not to say that only women are doing this or... um, or anything like that. It's just that this has been a traditional feminine activity. Sewing and like making things to wear for the family. And historically women have stepped up. Like knitting bandages and socks. And yeah. like sewing uniforms <laughs> for soldiers. Like I just, I think it's, it's really interesting how quickly we are ready to just spring into action. Yeah. I like that. I'm done complaining. (laughs) This episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderers Guild of America. EGA is a community of stitch-minded people who inspire passion for the needle arts through education and the celebration of its heritage. Join today to become a member of the community, gain access to educational opportunities, projects, and more. Learn more at egausa.org. Yay! Uh, so, um, I'm actually trying to hold myself accountable to a project that I talked about on the podcast and kind of like thought of or work like brainstormed a little on the podcast uh-huh. instead of instead of just being like, let's talk about this fun craft and then like. Put it way in the back of the the WIP pile for like. I have no idea was, what you're talking saying, about. I've never done anything like that. What are you talking so, about? So, you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I know it well. That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> this low key yeah. counts as a preventative train of shame. <laughs> there you go. Um, anyway, so I decided one night, I was like, okay, I, if this project that I want to do is going to happen, I have to order the supplies, because these are not supplies I have laying around the house. Mm-hmm. The project I am talking about is the weird uh, latch hook, but with zip ties project <laughs> as street art. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the oh, update right. so far... The street art aspect. Yeah. So the update so far is I've gone out and measured the uh, grid-like material on the little shack <laughs> where I'm scoping out doing this. Also, it's a shack that's set to be demolished when um, some affordable housing goes in place. So I don't feel bad about littering. Like, this will get plowed and taken away by a crew. Um, so that's right. acknowledging, like, that you can't be so irresponsible when your medium is chunks of plastic. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that being said, I've ordered the zip ties. I ordered, it was like 20 bucks for 1000 um yep. so I figure I'll start there. I was the, the the challenge right now is that I've measured this kind of grid-like mesh material. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a common material that comes in different sizes. So essentially like different gauges of rug canvas mm-hmm. if you were working in latch hook or locker hooking or something like that. Um but the problem is that this mesh is not a perfect grid. 
it is like these kind of oval shapes with pointy ends that all tessellate. Oh, is it You've seen wire? it. It's kind of like chicken wire, except it's like actual like sturdy yeah, padlocked. Like, it's for locking a window. Yeah, um, I, know. It's, oh, I know exactly what that stuff is. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, everybody has seen it a million places. I think they even, I, I was looking at the sidewalk nearby this shed, and it looks almost like the sidewalk was stamped with this material as a like traction measure. Yes. I, yeah. yeah. That makes so, sense. So... I'm like, first of all, feeling like a genius because I noticed that. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I I never leave it's the a house. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I now I just need to figure out this vocabulary word and if it does come in different gauges, and then like figure out if I can sweet talk somebody at Lowe's or like just go to a construction site site and be like, do you have this as trash in this size, and can I have it because I want to swatch something. This is a really normal inquiry, sir. <laughs> Said, like, full mask, gloves, hand sanitizer. I want to make a craft with zip ties. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not creepy at all. <laughs> no. So, anyway, this kind of weird um, cartoonish depiction of how I envision this project going down, um, I think, betrays the fact that I'm super anxious about doing it. Because I'm going to have to just be standing outside and, like, real time tying zip ties to this mesh because i can't take it home and just hang it up yeah um so i'm gonna have to have a plan doing (laughs) that kind of public art um do it at home and then install it right basically yeah um so yeah that is an entirely different um perforated aluminum um yeah i mean see now i don't have to now Haley will just research it by the time the podcast topic's done and then I i'm like cool work at a hardware store <laughs> like for all of high school <laughs> yeah. um but i was That's gonna funny. say what what's gonna happen with this is in addition to this being public mm-hmm. art you standing out there doing it becomes performance art in a sense uh. I, that's yeah. the thing that I'm like not about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's in my neighborhood, and I was also like, it's supposed to be really hot because it's July, you know, July August. So right. what if I went out in the evenings, and then I also wouldn't have to worry about getting sunburned? Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, there's a little bit of shade by it, but it's a tiny shack in the middle of a parking lot because it used to be where a person sat to take like your fee for parking there, yeah. and now it's all automated. But the shack remains. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. It's something different, if nothing else. You know? Yeah. I, oh, it does come specifically in gauges. See? There anyway. you go. And I've seen, with the one last thing is, it's almost become a joke among fans of RuPaul's Drag Race that zip tie dresses have been done. Um, and there's a couple really amazing examples that people have had commissioned for, like, the finale of the show or competing on the show. So I think I might do a little bit of research on what folks who have made zip-tied garments have found effective. Um, yeah. Because yeah. some of them are really cool. I'll have to find more pictures and put them in the show notes. I'll write myself a note. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. <laughs> uh, no, I like that. I like that. Uh, I, I'm, like, stressed out for you, but also <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, It'll get me out I of the dang house. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like it, it will be important to have... Ed, join you for some of this so that you can get just a little bit of time lapse. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah, I might have to because it's so weird. <laughs> yes, please, um, please so do. This I have. Either of you ever purchased a ten-pound box of fiber fill? 
No. Uh, yes, actually. Okay. It's so, really hard to contain once you open it. <laughs> exactly. It is really hard to contain once you open it. Um, the first time that I got one, because I've gone through multiple boxes of it, of it, but the first time I got one, you open that bag and it just starts immediately, like, you know, it's like a science experiment. You know, like, the, have you seen like that, what is it called? Like elephant toothpaste where you put things together and <laughs> yeah. it's like, and it goes everywhere. Yep. That's what yep. the fiberfill does. And... That's so softy <laughs> that I'm uh, working on. Uh, Fairfield, who makes Fiberfill, is was very kind to send some of the makers, all of the U.S. makers, a box of, of Fiberfill, which was good because I was re- I had recently finished a box of it. It was perfect timing. I but love I it. But I have not opened my new box yet because I know exactly what's going to happen when I do, <laughs> which also connects me to what I did recently open is we have as a as a large family that enjoys mm-hmm. sitting down to watch a movie together and does not necessarily have a lot of se- regular seating for seven or eight people to sit down together or nine most recently we had we had nine of us sitting together and beanbag chairs are a good solution for this however beanbag chairs flatten out over time and as I recently found, you know, they right. usually have foam pellets in them. I We opened it because we were going to refill it because I will get there. The Those foam pellets actually flattened to the point of looking like paper confetti. Oh, wow. I, I did not. I mean, that makes sense. It, it makes perfect but... sense, but I had not visualized it. Right. So we were looking into how we were going to refill these because, like, we have some that are, like, nicer beanbags. And mm-hmm. so we decided that the best option was shredded memory foam. Have you ever seen mm. like those really giant floor pillows that are almost like a like a bed kind of a thing? Oh, I have a giant bag of shredded memory foam. Yeah. So from taking like making pillows it, the right height for me. Exactly. So we basically decided that what we needed to do was buy enough to refill all of the beanbag chairs and some other cushions and maybe yep. have a little bit of leftover in case we needed to add more as as they were used. So I looked up, uh, I found a company that, that sold it and wouldn't you know, I did not actually write down the name of the company in my show notes to prepare for this episode, but whatever. It was, I'll put it, I'll find it and I'll put it into the, into the show notes for this. But we ordered... 60 pounds of memory foam, shredded memory foam. (laughs) And it came in two boxes that were smaller than a 10 pound box of fiber fill, by the way. And I started opening and I was so nervous to open it because I knew that it was going to expand. I knew what the volume of foam expanded was. And so, so it was vacuum packed. Yes, it was vacuum packed. So with every step along the way, I was like waiting for wh- when something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I opened up the box and inside was, it was all wrapped in shrink wrap. And then like the shrink wrap was twisted to like use as a tie to hold it in. And so as I started doing that and with every unwrap, you could hear like the little squeaks and pops of this plastic. <laughs> and I'm just... I, I'm just sitting there going, oh my goodness, what is about to happen? Because I had no way of knowing really how the thing was wrapped inside of it. 
and I was terrified. But it was also kind of fun. I was re- I was like, I didn't really want an explosion, but also I was prepared for that. Wanted I kind of wanted an explosion. So I just kept <laughs> unwrapping and unwrapping, and we had like several people gathered around to view it. And, you know, <laughs> it was it was all of this shrink wrap around it. Then there was a bag with a knot that was still all vacuum packed inside. It had gotten bigger by that point already, but it was still fairly (laughs) tight in there. I untied the knot and then that's when it really started to grow. But there was a bag inside of the bag with the opening down on the bottom. It was by the time we finally, finally we just reached a point where I was like, okay, I have to just put a hole in this bag inside the bag and hope for the best. And it did not explode everywhere. However, oh. <laughs> however, I would say that this bag had at that point expanded to all like not quite the size of a twin size mattress, yeah. but almost. And it was still probably two feet thick. It's so much. That was one box of it. And we bought two boxes like that. It was 30 pounds. And you know what? We have already used up the entire first box of that foam filling just bean bags. We have not started on these other cushions that that need to be filled. And we're going to end up using it all. And it wouldn't surprise me if we ended up buying more someday. <laughs> but it was just... That's so funny. I think because of my, my polyfill, fiber fill experiences, I just... I, I was so nervous that it was just going to fill a room <laughs> but it was really fun actually oh the mental image i have is you like uh dealing with a washing machine that some child has put the whole box of yes. soap in yes <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking that's yep, kind that, of what i anticipated <laughs> and had it not been they really did a good job of containing it in these bags um so it, you got a few bits of it that came off and especially just because of of static and stuff but they Mm -hmm. did a really good job but otherwise if i had not used the caution i had that i did use it would have been crazy (laughs) (laughs) i i have um ordered one of those mattresses Uh that come in a tiny tiny box Uh and uh, opened it by myself so (laughs) i kind of Feel your anticipation. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, clear the room of cats and breakables. I do not know what's about to happen here. Uh Oh, my gosh. I can just see you with the audience around you. Yeah. I I started to lose them when it didn't explode right away. I think they were were kind of like, this is taking too long. And I was like, well, I'm not just going to rip into the thing. So you're going to have to wait while I unwrap. Sorry. (laughs) I think if you have to order more, that you should just go for it. Full unwrap. <laughs> just. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, um, it, usually my craft supplies grow because I'm just buying more of them. But this was just literally expanding to fill the area. So. <laughs> reminds me of the dinosaurs in uh, tiny capsules uh-huh. in for the bathtub. Hey, 80s kids. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, a choking hazard at all. Exactly. Oh, Heidi, specifically flattened aluminum mesh is mm. 
what you're yeah okay looking for sorry <laughs> thanks um i cannot help myself i needed to know the specific name of the of the <laughs> item within the category this seemed like it seemed like the perfect topic to discuss on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm an insufferable know-it-all. Well, what have I you know. what have you been knowing at all about lately? I'll I'll softball you a transition. Yeah. <laughs> Did that work? It, it, yes. Okay. Um. So you know how I've been talking about wanting to make candles for oh I don't know years yes. at this point and. Sometime fairly recently, and by recently I mean probably six months ago, I don't really remember, I bought the beeswax sheets to make rolled beeswax candles. And so I tried making them for the first time last night, specifically so I could tell my therapist that I took a break and did something fun. So, I did, and it was actually really fun. Good. I had a really, really good time doing it. And it's very tactile, so it's, like, it gives you something to do with your hands, but you don't really have to think about it, and it's textured, so it's kind of soothing. And especially for someone on the spectrum, like me, that texture is very it hits my stimming spot uh-huh if that makes sense <laughs> it's just nice and also i do have to say that it is very very much if you're doing the small like birthday candle size ones um or menorah candle sizes yes what i was making it's a lot like rolling a joint so if you've got those skills, they're very, very easily transferable. It turns out. <laughs> I, I, I texted Heidi this late <laughs> last night. <laughs> yeah, you did not text me that last night. <laughs> Although, I'm pretty sure I saw it still on Instagram and was like... Yeah, I hadn't decided <laughs> if I was going to say it out loud <laughs> yet. I just sort of nodded and smiled. And, I mean, Molly, I just assumed you would not have that experience. I could be wrong, but I assumed that probably I, not. I don't have that experience. I have, I have rolled a lot of things, but a joint is not one of them. Probably so, more like there? a yeah. enchilada. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> cinnamon rolls. Those little, those little paper mm-hmm. beans. Yeah. Yep. Quilling. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, I yeah. hate quilling. Actually, I haven't quilled. So bad. At we it. could talk about that sometime. We'll talk. I think about we could do a whole. Time, qu- we could do a whole quilling, a whole quilling yeah. group topic. Well, okay. Please good. No. Good. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, so we're talking <laughs> sure. about candles. Yeah. Yes, candles. Wholesome birthday candles. Yep. They are totally a good like entry craft for making candles, and they don't make a mess and. You can do a lot of interesting, creative things with them. You can cut different colors and bring them together. Um, and I, I had more fun doing it than I expected. Like, I expected to like having done it, 
and mm-hmm. to have these candles that I made. But the actual process was extremely satisfying. And now I can tell my therapist that I took a break <laughs> and I did something fun. It was supposed to not be work-related, but I guess talking about it here made it work-related, but, but... it still counts. <laughs> it's fine. But, you know, you were just sharing your personal experience. Exactly. My Yes. My beeswax candle triumph. <laughs> I like I it. I feel like there's a dad joke here. A beeswax dad joke. Yeah. It was a bee in my bonnet. Uh, something about it being being your beeswax. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Something. It's none of your beeswax, definitely. Mm-hmm. But that's true, honey. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that was terrible. I never call people honey. <laughs> no, that's not true. I do occasionally, but it's usually in a really condescending way. <laughs> oh, I I love that while Heidi and I are still trying to come up. <laughs> with the right joke <laughs> Molly you just swooped right in that's right like, perfectly yep it was like a sting operation uh, it was mm-hmm. beautiful uh. <laughs> oh my gosh and it, on see, I, that note wow <laughs> thanks for listening to the very serious crafts podcast <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at serious crafts and on Facebook at very serious crafts you can also find show notes at all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Huzzah! Did, did I breathe? I yes. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't breathe. Please. But I would also just like to say that you should make a beeline over to our sponsor's website at egausa.org because they're great too. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to do one last, like, you know, thanks to the sponsor and another pun because why not, right? <laughs> why not? I mean, I don't think there was another option. <laughs> I don't think so either. 